the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and I'm only doing one news story this week because it's the only one I've actually cared about, <laughs> mainly because we've got, let's see, what, two movies, two, t- uh, two TV shows, and a special that has nine parts that need to be reviewed individually. Yeah. we got a lot of stuff. Let's get to it. The news story, Babylon 5 which I think was one of the best-written TV shows in the history of ever, is being rebooted at Warner <laughs> Brothers. I knew you'd normally have Normally, I kind of go, oh, reboot, don't reboot something, you're going to screw it up. But J. Michael Straczynski, the guy who built the thing in the first place, is in charge. And yet, I still can't see it as being a good thing. I'm still very hesitant about this. It's, you know, I want it to be good. Because the first one was good. So why do you think they are rebooting it? I mean, other than, of course, advertising revenue, blah, blah, blah. I haven't even heard what they... Money! Um, (laughs) There is actually a group of fans that would like them to continue the Babylon 5 storyline. I think the problem with that is half the cast is dead. I'm being very blunt about this. Um, And none of them that I know of died of, you know, ooh, old age related stuff. They've all been reasonably young. You know, uh, I don't think any of them made it to 60, which I still young. consider reasonably young, you know, for people dying and stuff. Indeed. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, with, with most of the cast gone, they can't really continue the story without the original actors because the original actors are so intrinsically tied to those characters. So you can't really follow more about, uh, you know, Jakar, for example, because Andreas Katsalas is no longer playing him. And my God, did he fit that role perfectly? So I guess if you're going to do more, it has to be a reboot. And yet I don't want them to screw it up because they they it was like Clue. They just nailed it the first time around. And the chances of nailing it the second time around, not as good. Yeah, well, this this falls into the, the realm of Star Trek for me. Although Babylon 5 is more recent than Star Trek. I mean, the fact that they rebooted that, although, God, it's what, 2009 when they rebooted Star Trek for yeah. the, the theater? So... Longer than it seems. I mean, holy crap, that's 12 years ago. <clears throat> but, and of course, the series came out in the 60s, but the movies were coming out and there were constantly Star Trek shows. But as far as rebooting that original cast, when was the last Star Trek movie with the original cast? Aren't we talking about late 80s? Uh, I'm going to go with 94 with Generations just because it had Kirk and Chekhov and Scotty in it. Which okay. kind of counts? Yeah, I mean, we'll Spock was in Spock and Scotty were both in Next Gen episode, and actually McCoy was even in a Next Gen episode. And Spock never goes away, which is a good thing. No. Um, but Babylon Five, when was that on the air? Uh, it started in ninety three. Okay, so really, it's Sam wasn't really thinking that it was that old. So it's really about the same time frame then for the reboot. <clears throat> yeah. So it's pushing. No, it's over 25 years then. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, but the, it's it seems so present still because it's still... It, because it was that damn good. Right. It's still like a cultural presence. 
for a show that was only on such a short time. So it's that's why it seems to me kind of an odd thing too that they're rebooting it. it. it well, it had a that going in they had a five year <laughs> story arc and they went yeah. five years. So. And it's still the, the show that NASA points at and says, look, if you're going to make a movie about stuff in space, <laughs> look at this. They did it right. I mean, well, uh, the thing with Star Trek and Star Wars, even, is that they would do – we Star need to Wars. go over there and big sweeping arcs. Like, yeah. You don't need to do a big sweeping arc. Just turn the ship on an yeah. you know, on a – on a yeah. dime, you can do yeah, that. You don't. You don't. Star Wars is great, but Star Wars is a fantasy. Star Wars absolutely basically isn't science fiction. I mean, not it's not hard science fiction remotely because none of it makes sense really. No. So, which is fine because I love Star Wars, but <laughs> knowing the how, original ones, we were yeah, yeah. Knowing how you would base, you would take, you would go to Star Wars for a, a primer on science. I think like first graders can watch that and figure it out. So. Yeah, makes much makes a lot of sense that that's not one thing you would go to. Maybe droids, but yeah, beyond that. Yeah, now I'm going, I'm stretching that, <laughs> stretching but that quite at, a bit. At least <clears throat> they have gone to the progenitor of Babylon Five. So if it's got a shot to be good, at least they went to the source. So that's at least that part is good news. That that I think is good. So anyway, speaking of reboots, you watched one this week. And I gotta admit, I hadn't heard of either of them or the book it's based on. So what I watched is the original story. So the reboot Ooh. is coming out in December. Oh, okay. It's called Nightmare Alley. And all signs point to a great film. So let me talk briefly about <clears throat> Nightmare Alley. What's coming? This is coming in December. This is Guillermo de Toro's next film. Uh, has a hell of a cast. As in Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara. Really good cast. The premise is Bradley Cooper is a carny worker. He's just kind of a grifter. And he kind of sidles, works his way into a friendship with a woman who does a mentalist act. So, you know, where they're like, oh, I see this. You know, hold up the questions. And I can't see the questions. And they had some little scheme going where there's mirrors working and everything else. That's how she sees what the items are because they swap out cards with the questions. And then later on, they develop a code and he moves on from the circus and, and hits the big time and does like shows in fancy hotels. And then he starts getting clients because they believe he really has these psychic powers. So it's a, it's, it's a very cool story. The lead is basically a son of a bitch. And I like that they cast Bradley Cooper for this because he can definitely do that. So he's not really even an anti-hero. He's kind of a scumbag. At least he is in the original film, which is what I'm going to talk about now. So this film was actually made in 1947. Uh, and oddly enough, a couple people who have talked about the, um, excuse me, the upcoming film by Del Toro have talked about, oh, it's based on this book, but they never mentioned the fact that yeah, it's also was already made into a film the year after the book that you mentioned. It's odd to me that someone writing about films is unaware of this. So the original, also called Nightmare Alley. And Convenient. you have the premise before you. Tyrone Power played the lead. It bombed at the box office because he was a major film matinee idol back then. A lot of these swashbuckling films that, that he that were popular back then as in literally swashbuckling, like playing pirates and stuff like that. So he always played this heroic figure, and he definitely went against type playing this 
to say the least, a ne'er-do-well, but I prefer to call him a scumbag. Very manipulative, almost almost like a sociopath, I would say. Um, but he is terrific in it, and I've already told you the premise. And it's just, it's it's this great, it's something of a suspense film because you're watching what happens. I mean, this is one of the classic film noirs of all time, really. And because you're not sure where things are going to take you. You're not sure what's going to happen with this character because it's Tyrone Power. You know, it's this, I mean, that's always in the mindset of someone when you watch, especially back in the 40s, when you're watching someone play a role and they're playing against type, it's like watching Jimmy Stewart playing a villain, which he actually has done once. But it's so against type, it really makes you think, okay, where's the turn going to come? Where's the turn going to come? When is he going to be a good person? Like, I'm not going to say whether it happens or not, but this is a really dark film. Uh, also a really dark film as far as the way it's shot, because it's film noir and there's lots of use of shade, shading and it's... You know, it's the metaphor for the moral ambiguity of the character, of the characters, I'd say. He's not too morally ambiguous. He's basically just an SOB. But it's fascinating to see his his climb and, and how he uses people and how some people stand against it, some don't. Uh, but it just has a great character arc, and it starts from the very beginning. They basically tell you what's going to happen if you are thinking ahead. And sure enough, it does. Uh, I really, really like this movie. Uh, IMDb rating is, what is it, 7.8? Pretty high. Yeah. Pretty high. Uh, It's in black and white. So if you're one of those people who gets freaked out by black and white films, it's like, okay, well, uh, whatever. I would say play with the tint on your TV and make it nice and rainbow colored, but they don't have that on TVs anymore. There you go. Now, one thing that does say that this is not a remake of the film, but it's a readaptation of the original novel. Haven't read the novel, but I actually plan to do that in a couple of weeks. I'll do that before the movie comes out. So definitely there could be some major changes. But the premise is there. The premise is definitely there. The main characters are there. Uh, there will definitely be a couple changes because there are a few uh, things that Stanton does. That's the lead uh, that... You couldn't really get away with Morley back in the 40s, but you could now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do, because from the trailer, this definitely looks like a, it's a period piece and it's set in the 40s. And it almost has to be for for it to work, for the plot to work the way it is. So I'm really looking forward to the new one. And by so all means... whip out an iPhone and go, oh, no, that can't happen because of... Yeah, exactly. Uh, but... Definitely, if you're at all interested in the new movie, which again is coming out in December, you definitely owe it to yourself to watch the old version, which is Nightmare Alley. And I happened to catch it on Criterion Channel, which is a lovely service. It's not free, but it's definitely worth the money. It might be on Turner Classic Movies as well, but hunt around and you should be able to find it. It is excellent. So you shouldn't have to feel guilty about doing it. (laughs) Very well done. So we're going to jump from uh, 1947 to 2021. Thank you very much for that. Didn't mm. even talk about it in pre-pro, hi, Ted. Beat you this time. Yep, yep, so, yep, you win. This again, I am talking about the film The Guilty, 
stars Jake Gyllenhaal. This is on Netflix, so <laughs> odds are you do have access to it because you are one of the billions of people who have Netflix, of course. Are you so on the, the planet? Chances are you've got Netflix. Pretty much, pretty much. So uh, this film is about a police officer who apparently is under investigation for something, so he's on desk duty. And he is stuck working uh, 9-11. So he's answering 9-11 calls. This is the last day he's got to do it. He's going in for a hearing tomorrow, so he's under some stress. He gets a phone call from a woman who maybe has been kidnapped. And she is absolutely panicking. So he tries to track her down. So he goes through all the machinations of trying to figure out how he can track her down and find exactly where she is because they can see basically where she is from the call because of cell phones, but not exactly. And she just gives him some very basic info. She's in a white van. This happens in Los Angeles. Guess how many white vans there might be in Los Angeles? More than all one. of them. Yeah. <laughs> so going to be kind of tricky to track her down. So it's this suspense film of him trying to direct cops to find her. They're also trying to find out what's happened at the home because she has two small kids. And the captor is her husband, her estranged husband. Some violent acts may have been done. So we've got all this suspense going on. And at the same time, it's this great, great character study of, of Gyllen, that Hall pulls off fantastically which is hardly a surprise because he's a terrific actor he it's this this is not a solo piece like Locke was with tom hardy where he's driving in the car and, and it's literally just tom hardy on the screen the entire time and you just hear some voices there are other actors that do appear but Hall is on screen for 100 percent of this film this is totally his his piece he is terrific uh one thing that surprised me is the voice cast. You know, Peter Sarsgaard, one character. Ethan Hawke, another character. Just voices. Uh, kind of rare that you would have that happen, where you just have actors in, like... In a live-action thing, anyway. Right, exactly. Paul Dano also just does a voice. Um, kind of unusual that you would see that. Uh, possibly the reason for that is the director's Antoine Fuqua who uh, you might know him from Training Day. So not quite sure if this is as good as Training Day, because holy crap, that is one hell of a movie. But I can say it's pretty close. I mean, this is a really good, works as a suspense film, works as a character study. As it goes along, you're also finding out more and more about what this hearing is about for Joe, who is the character that Jake Hall plays. Really, really good. Very, very much enjoyed this film. Um, of the two, I would probably go with Nightmare Alley, but boy, it's really close. And if you're one of those people who's I can't watch a black and white film, well, then The Guilty is obviously the, the one for you to watch. Plus, it's probably getting easier <laughs> to find because it's on Netflix. But both of the films, highly, highly recommend. See, now we're going to wander into something that... Uh... I'm not sure I'm wanting to recommend it. It's not bad. <laughs> it is certainly not bad, as opposed to something else we're going to get to later. But anyway, yeah, Foundations, or Foundation, sorry. Um, I did find out 
that they are going to do the this Asimov series on Apple TV in an eight-season story arc. Yep, that's the plan. And here we'll, we are on episode three. We'll we'll see if that happens though, because yeah, yeah. Um, I spent a lot of this episode going, "Where the hell are we going with this?" Because this I don't remember this from the book, and I grabbed the book, and I was right; it doesn't seem to be there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's we spent a lot of time wandering around with the emperor. We did. Why? It's he, a loose adaptation. It's a very loose adaptation. Um. Did we which, get a which, did we get a follow up on the cliffhanger from episode two? Not yet. No. <laughs> and and I don't mind I don't mind uh, that it's a loose adaptation, but I wasn't sure where we were in this episode either. I mean, there's some time jumps. Without, I mean, as it goes along, then I was like, then I figured it out. But to me, this was the weakest episode of the three so far. I liked it, yeah. but it, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It was just weird and um i think my my main fault with it so far is that they keep talking about the vault where harry selden kept all of the the future stuff it's a levitating thing on a hill question mark because i'm reading the book and that is not at all the way it seems to be described in the book well i mean you know it's an adaptation so yeah i mean Harry Seldon's character, his character is the same, but his his character arc is already different. Which is Just, weird. So Right. So, I mean, I like the fact that they're changing it up because um, most books, I want to see them do something different. Because I've already filmed it in my head, basically, when I read it. So I want to see a different interpretation of it. Because probably they're not going to be able to do as good a job of what I read, just because in my mind that's what I've created. So I like that the fact that they've they're changing this up. But yeah, this was a little but bit. At the same time, I'd like to know there. where we're going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Can I have one, a map, please? That one was episode three is definitely tricky. As it went on, it made more sense, but it's definitely more out there than the first two. Well, they're all out there because haha, <laughs> they're out on the rim. But anyway, yeah. Actually, speaking of changing from the book, let's wander over to the what if section. Many changes. <sighs> Many changes from the books. <laughs> and r- right from the, the beginning of this one, the first line in this episode is, you've heard this story before. And the first thing I wanted to do was go, oh, fine, click. <laughs> I didn't. My daughter yeah. reached for, for the remote reflexively. I'm just saying. You hadn't heard this story before. It, not specifically, but still, it's not a bad episode. <clears throat> Basically, Ultron discovered the Watcher, and Ultron has the Infinity Gems and Vision's body and everything, and he discovers there's a multiverse, and so they bring in Arnim Zola to save the day, question mark. Um, Which makes sense to me. It it, it does. Um and then they brought Doctor Strange in from what was it? What was his episode four or five or something? The the dark. Uh, he came in at the end, the so dark. apparently they're going to bring in all of the other what if episodes to beat Ultron at the end in episode nine, which is the season finale. Fine. Here's my catch. Maybe they will. Yeah, allegedly. Maybe they'll um, beat him. I mean, they're going to bring everybody in, but oh yeah, remains to be seen uh, if they're going to beat him. Here's my problem with it. Ultron wandered between dimensions, carrying the Infinity Gauntlet, 
mm-hmm. which worked in the other dimensions. Now, according to the books, mm-hmm. if you switch dimensions with the Affinity Gauntlet, it stops working. Yeah, but they changed it. I'm okay with that. In the MCU, it doesn't work in TVA because TVA exists outside of the timelines. So, well, but, that's where the Watcher is, though. He's outside the timelines. Why is it working there? Because it's different. I'm just looking for consistency. That's all I'm looking for. Well, I mean, I'm okay with them changing it because, for, for one thing, they actually it made was fun Ultron to watch. A, I'm just looking for consistency. That's they, that's they made they made Ultron a threat, which is very nice compared to Avengers: Age of Ultron, which was. That's one of the more underwhelming, sadly, Marvel films because Ultron is a big bad and they handled Ultron like they handle everything else, which is not the way Ultron should have gone. So I really like the fact that they brought Ultron back. I like the interaction with Thanos. Yes, there's interaction with Thanos. Um, And that made sense to me. You know, some people are talking, well, how did that happen? It's like interaction with Thanos. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of interaction with Thanos, but, you know. Well, because you have a a being Thanos not say a human but a humanoid compared to a cybernetic thing which processes at a much faster speed that's why plus one of the characters perceived the other as oh they have something interesting the other one was just kind of like what's all this then yeah so that's how why that worked out the way it did. It makes perfect sense to me. I don't mind that one bit. I'm still not looking forward to Captain Carter. Yeah, I'm fine with Captain Carter. Um, it's it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm curious to see. Spoiler alert: uh, Ultron makes it through this episode. Let's just say that because right. it would be pretty stupid to introduce him and then just waste him in something as episodic as this. So. He's definitely the big bad in this storyline. Whether they're going to resolve it in the last episode, who knows? Um, I hope they don't. And again, this is a multiverse, and this is what if. If they resolve it, they can do it again because yep. these are. this is the multiverse. That's the whole point of it. Something happens in one universe. Oh, well. There are, That's over there. Meanwhile, in, in, over here. There are an infinite number of universes to check out. Now, what's interesting to me about that this is canon. They've announced that what happens here affects the live-action MCU. Granted, it's a multiverse, but things that happen here could definitely have that could definitely play out in the MCU. So could we receive, see the return of Ultron in live-action? We could. Because Which the multiverse nice. <clears throat> would be nice, yes. They, and they I and do. I would like them to bring James Spader back as the voice yeah. of Ultron this time. He's not playing, and there was a lot of conjecture of who would play the voice of Ultron because it's Vision wearing the Ultron skin, basically. So is it going to be Paul Bettany? Is it going to be James Spader? Surprise! It's neither one. It's Ross Marquardt who did the voice <laughs> of Red Skull, and he does a fine job. But I yeah. really want James, I really want it to be James Spader. If they if they bring him back for live action, that would make me very happy. <clears throat> It's interesting what they did with the Watcher. I, I like the power level that they showed in the Watcher. Pretty cool. Because he has that power level. You know, it's one of those things. And so, I mean, this is, so far, this is really my favorite episode so far because they're tying things back together. But mainly because, oh, 
they decided to use Ultron correctly, as opposed Ultron, to yeah, you know, as opposed to some random villain that will just wipe out. I mean, they should have treated Ultron the way they treated Loki. Not to that extent where we need Loki, we need Ultron in like every other Marvel film practically, which is almost what Loki became, which is fine because it's an awesome character and it's an awesome performance. Not complaining about that. But and he was like that in the books. He was in yeah constantly. every book for a while. Yeah, I mean, he first appeared as a and as an Avengers villain. So, um, so the performance and some people are talking about. Well, why does because it starts out with two of the underpowered Avengers characters, shall we say? <clears throat> and people yeah. were talking about, well, why would they survive? And it's like, I think they would survive precisely because they're underpowered characters. Like they're no threat. Who cares about them? Exactly. I think it makes perfect sense that those characters would survive, whereas Iron Man, Thor, spoiler alert, they ain't around in this particular universe. Because Ultron's already uh, played his little games. Oh, there they are. They're dead. Yeah. And I like the fact that this that there's lots of throwbacks, like in all of these, but there are throwbacks to the, the vision that they had. Not, not Paul Bettany's version of the vision, but Cap laying there with his shattered shield you know, and then the, the, the trio of the main Avengers laying there all wiped out. It's like, yep, there they are again. How cool. So I really like this game. I really like this episode. It would have been nice if they had been able to get James Spader on board. Would have liked that a little better. But they got Toby Jones back. I mean, I'm basically pretty shocked at, at how many of the original actors that they got back to do the voices for this. I mean, it's yeah. and. Chadwick Boseman is not in this particular episode, but I'm sure he'll be back in the next one. And I mean, that, of course, that's the. The absolute uh, topper for all this, the fact that that uh, he did all the, this work before. So definitely looking forward to episode nine and see how it all caps out, see if they're going to tie in the zombies. I picture they will, because it would be yeah. weird if they didn't. So. We'll see. We'll see we'll what see. happens. <clears throat> At least they have a uh, they have a they seem to have a good vision of where they're going. <laughs> see, I'm doing puns again. Um, last week, and we we did not get to this in last week's show, but I guess week before last, Star Wars Visions came out on DVD and Blu-ray, and it was already out on Disney Plus. And uh, we wanted to go through this because it was a really cool idea. <clears throat> Basically, Disney gave uh star wars to a bunch of anime studios and said make us a short story yep so star wars visions is a compilation of nine short stories made by anime studios yep and some of them are really good yep and some are lacking um <laughs> i agree <laughs> let's just go through them go going through them in order one one thing first though i oh, yes. i love the fact that they went to actual anime studios rather than just, oh, we're going to do this do anime style. Brilliant to do that. Yes. Because if, because if you want anime style, go to the source, dude. So I love the fact that they did this. And this is very much like the Animatrix. Because they did the same thing with the Animatrix. And the Animatrix is similar, too, where some of those episodes just are just like, oh, my God, they're fantastic. And some are like, okay, which kind of the nature of an anthology. So Yeah. Back to the episodes. Episode number one, The Duel. 
where basically a Ronin-like Jedi defends a village against an incoming Sith, question mark, slash dark Jedi. And I liked this one. I thought this was a great way to start it. It was I love this. this mostly is a- black and white, except for the occasional color, like a lightsaber or, oh, look at those lights in the background. Yep. Um, this, this is a throwback to classic samurai film. Yeah, uh, very much so. I did like the idea. I loved it. The use of lightsabers in sheaths. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting because it, it didn't look like the, you know, pull out the lightsaber stick, flip a switch and oop, there's a blade. It was pulling it out of a sheath and it was in the sheath, question mark. <clears throat> but I liked that. It was it was a good one. It was I'm not going to say fun, but it was very exciting and good to watch. Yeah, I don't know if it was fun, but it, uh, maybe the best episode. Certainly one of the best. Certainly one of the best. Which is a great way to start. I'm still going with number five, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Unfortunately, we follow this with Tatooine Rhapsody. Let's just say it right now. The weakest episode. I I think we can agree with that. Basically, for some reason, it's done everybody's chibi style, which is very, you know, they're just small and round for some reason. Yeah. Uh, We're in a band and we're playing for Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Why? Um. I'm one not of, sure one the purpose of, of this one. Yeah, one of their band members is is a hut, and he owes Jabba, so they're going to execute him, and they get one last chance to play, and so they play this, and it's uh, I'm not sure who would enjoy this. Uh, I, I'm just I, thinking, Star Disney gave this studio Star Wars. Yeah, and this and is what this you is did. what you came up with exactly. Five point three in IMDb, by the way. So if you think really? it's just us, it ain't. Yeah, I'm surprised it's even that high, frankly. I, I am honestly surprised it's that high. Yeah. Um, follow that with the twins, where dark Jedi twins uh, develop a, a Siamese Star Destroyer. And I'm sorry, that's the wrong term. Conjoined Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Pardon my political incorrectness. Um, but one turns on the other to prevent universal destruction. And I didn't. The style of it, I didn't really care for. The story was okay, but I have the same question my daughter did, which was, how are they breathing in space? Same, the, the same way uh, our our beloved our, our beloved uh, Honey Bun Girl did. You know, the previously the previously absolutely never before talked about ability, and it's like, oh look, Princess Leia, there she is in space, breathing, no problem. That's so <clears> cool. Oh. If she can do it, if she can do it, they can do it in some freaking anime thing. Uh, mm. th- this episode was okay. I mean, it, it, it wasn't bad. It was just, eh, it's there. Yeah, it was, it, I agree. To me, this was middle of the road. Could have been better. And, and the breathing into space thing doesn't make any sense, but it's not like they uh, were the first to break that uh, stupid rule. Again, yeah. Star Wars. Don't go to Star Wars for science kids. No. <laughs> Episode number four, The Village Bride. I I liked this one, but I thought it was lacking a bit. Um, basically, the droid army, which was in episode uh, from episodes one and two, mm-hmm. are coming to take a bride. I didn't even really catch why they were taking the bride away from this village. Did you catch that? I missed it. Not really sure. Okay, good. Exactly. Sacrificer, stealer, seller. I have no idea why they're doing Meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, a Jedi and a sniper intervene. I mean, it, it was it wasn't bad. It was just kind of. Eh. I liked it. I liked it more than I liked the twins. Oh, I'll um, agree. but it not top three. I'll just say no. that. 
Um, let's go to one that is top three. And for me, my, my personal favorite, uh, the ninth Jedi, yeah. which is basically the Jedi are dying out. There's very few left. There's only one sabersmith who uh, is in the employ of a king who summons the remaining Jedi to get lightsabers. And weird things occur. I'm not going to spoil this for you because that's about as far as you're going to get before you go, hang on a minute. Right. Um, but I knew this one was going to be good because the first thing you see in any of these is Star Wars Visions and then from this studio. The studio yeah. that did this one was IG Productions. And I said, I know them. That's the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex people. And they kicked ass on standalone complex. They kicked ass on this too. This one was probably this they one did. was my favorite. This one wasn't my favorite, but it's probably the second. I, I agree. Really good. And the style looks terrific for one yeah. thing, because again, anime a lot of different styles. We're going to get to that in our very next uh, episode. Why? Yes, we are. But uh, the style is excellent. Story's excellent. I mean, really, really good. And. By the way, IMDb agrees with you. This is the top-rated episode at 8.7, which is Ooh. pretty strong. 8.7 out of 10. There are very few things that you know. If you take out the point, that's the same year Ghost in the Shell came out as a manga. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm just saying it, it, it all comes back to that. Just ignore the live-action movie. Episode six. Now, is it T0B1 or is it Toby? I read it as Toby. Anyway, think of this one as Astro Boy wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. It was silly, but... That's all you, that's all you have to say, really, is Astro Boy wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as bad as the rock band thing, which Tattooing Rhapsody is the actual title of that, but it's just, yeah. it's just fanboy rock band. Um, but it was okay. I, I can see kids liking this one, though. Quite a bit yeah. more than adults. This, this one, this one is definitely... Because some, the, some of these are not exactly kids... I'm not right. going to say they're not kid-friendly, but they're not aimed at kids. Right, whereas this one definitely is, even the style. So yeah. I, I can see that for for, for this, definitely. Um, didn't care for it that much. It's not bad, but it's just ain't what I was particularly looking for. So, Episode number seven, The Elder, where a Jedi and a Padawan protect a village from someone who may or may not be a Sith. I liked this one. I like this one. I thought a lot. this was really good. It was interesting to see the the Jedi Padawan thing going on. The uh, I did have one glitch at the beginning where they're flying through hyperspace, going from point A to point B, and the Jedi comes in and says, "We'll make the jump to hyperspace in a minute." And the first thing I said was, "You're already there. Look out the window." <laughs> um, other than that, and I, I think that's My, actually a translation issue. I was just going to say, was originally I, in Japanese. I think that's a bad translation right there. Uh, yeah, this is my third favorite. And it's not like one, two, three, definitely, but this isn't the top three. I'll just put it that way. Right. This is one, along with the other two, that I wouldn't mind seeing a feature-length animated film done of all I, three. I want to see more of – there are a lot of these I want to see more of. Because um, all three of those stories, definitely they could they could flesh these stories out. Absolutely. Actually, The Ninth Jedi needs just a straight sequel because they kind of went, yeah. now we need to go there and do this. Well, okay, part two, do it. And hopefully they will. So episode eight, Lop and Ocho were a family that are actually jet, secretly Jedi adopt a rabbit girl alien thing girl stuff to 
tr- and they try to reunite the uh, when I'm sorry, the alien girl tries to reunite the family when the older girl turns into a Sith. Yeah. I'm not sure what else to say about that. It what That's I didn't much it. really get invested in any of the characters to care enough about them to make this one of the better ones, but it looked good. I didn't either. Uh, it's it's good, uh, but it's not. Well, obviously not in the top three because I told you what my top three were. Uh, yeah, same here. Liked it better than Teaser Obi Wan or Toby or uh, yeah, I like the Village Bride better than this one. This one was okay. It's worth watching. Yeah. I'll say that. And not episode nine. I am going to mispronounce this because I don't know that they said it in the series. Akakiri. That looks right. Oh, let me go back to Lop and Ocho for just a moment. Oh, certainly, you go right ahead. This is. It follows a typical anime formula so much of, oh, there's family strife and they're split up. And, oh, I mean, it was just too by the book for me. And I think that's the problem with it. That, I think that's why it wasn't very involving. It's like, oh, there's an evil sister. Oh, there's the father who loves her. Oh, here's the adopted sister who's good and wants just wants the family to be together. And it's like, do something with the story. But they didn't. You know, it's just, I mean, it was just like by the book. I think we've seen this story like I don't know ten million times. Not just That's in what anime. the watcher said in the previous show we reviewed, but you know. Yeah, he did. <laughs> anyway, back to Akakiri. Akakiri, uh, a Jedi returns to his old lover to protect her kingdom, and the Sith get in the way. It wasn't. I see. I would have preferred to have something like the Ninth Jedi or the Duel yep. as the last episode to make you go, "Wow, you you, you stuck the landing." They needed to close with the ninth Jedi. Absolutely. This was this was not sticking the landing. It was not bad. Right. This is again another middle of the pack. It, it's it's a middle of the pack one. Um, so it's a bit disappointing, and that's why I went back and watched the ninth Jedi again and went, "Yeah, that's where you should have ended." Yep. Reorder of them. They should have watched the duel. They should have started with the duel because that's a lovely start. Very good. Yep. Second one. Just to keep you going, the Village Bride. Then go ahead and start with Tatooine Rhapsody, Tatooine Rhapsody that the rock band won, because then at least you're two in and you're invested and you're not worrying. Oh man, is it going to be like this? One's great and one's like, it's like now you know. I was like, okay, at least two of them were good. Yeah. And then go on with with whatever you want to go on with. Put the Elder in, like about the fifth one. The rest of it, I don't care what order they're in, but you got then you got to close with the Ninth Jedi, and then you've got a much better sequence going uh it's not good when you close with two that are just kind of okay and i'm sure a lot of people are going to disagree with us like lapa nocho yeah. have has a 7.3 rating which is really good but the elder is an 8.1 the ninth jedi is 8.8 jedi is 8.7 duo is 8.5 i mean you've got to close with one of your strongest and to close back yeah, to unfortunately back the ratings weaker, don't come out until after it's already yeah yeah but. well I'm sure they actually watched them before they slapped it together. They should have said, yeah, let's close with something really strong because Akakiri is not. I mean, it's good, but it's just not as good. Exactly. Exactly. So overall, there are three you definitely have to watch. And that's the thing. That's the nice thing about this. They're separate episodes. You don't have to watch the entire season if you don't want to. Exactly. Personally, I would watch four of them. Yeah. I would watch The Duel. The Village Bride, The Ninth Jedi, and The Elder. And the rest, I mean... Are optional. Yeah, exactly. And 
if you have kids, by all means, T0B1. And I don't know if you have kids who are fans of who play a lot of rock band than Tattooing Rhapsody, but I don't know who the hell that's for. I, I, I'm lost <laughs> on that as well. That one was my do- I watched these with my daughter who just kind of went, why did they make this? I, I don't know. But considering out of nine episodes, there's three that are great. Three that should be feature films and a couple more that are definitely worthwhile. I think that's pretty strong. And there's only two in there that I would never watch again. Right. That's pretty so darn you know good. What? They did a pretty good job. They did. I think so we they got did two great it. movies, uh, two questionable TV series, and three definites out of nine on a Star Wars DVD. You know what? I think we've given you enough stuff to watch this week. You're going to be busy. So my suggestion, due to the whole COVID thing, which still exists, yes, if you have to get out, wear a mask, go get yourself vaccinated. But you know what? You've got some great stuff to watch here. All of it's available at home. So just stay home and watch a movie. <laughs> 